0: A few decades ago, it was the signed autograph that marked a close brush with fame. Having evidence of the encounter was something meant for the scrapbooks. Now, of course, ever since the mobile phone has taken over our lives, the autograph is no longer interesting or even sought after. And what has taken its place is the selfie. But the underlying thought is the same. And that's the first post in today's episode. The autograph and the selfie. It's one of the prizes of fame. People swarming to get an autograph. And now, a selfie. Fame by association. The selfie with a celebrity seems to be the in-thing now. Adoring fans with smartphones held high, pleading for the celebrity to walk into the frame followed by frenzied postings on social media with a flurry of likes and emojis. Was the signature manure any different? What happened to those endless coming of age signatures with a flourish? Were they retained and kept as encounters to be preserved for posterity, or forgotten just like the temporary touch of fame and fortune? I find it hard to understand because this frenzy never took hold. Even in my teenage years, the only time I got an autograph was eminently forgettable. I was in the airport lounge, catching a flight to Mumbai, and in one of those seats was Latam Geshka, the nightingale of India. She looked bored. I walked up to her with a smile and hesitantly held out the back of the boarding card and a pen. She signed and her expression didn't waver one bit. By then, She could have done it in her sleep. What's more tragic than fame being a routine? The next post. Uh, At the point when it was introduced, it got more notoriety than good press. Google Glass was seen as a kind of Frankenstein addition to normal spectacles. And people who wore them were seen to be jerks. But... Did Google Glass just disappear off the face of the earth? No, it didn't. In its first avatar, Google Glass acquired a bad rep. It was seen as a Frankenstein version of spectacles, the one that allowed people to do things that were not socially acceptable. Priced at $1,500 at launch, it looked as if the market for it would be minuscule. Except that it wasn't. Google found that there was a massive market available, but they would have to rework it altogether. So you'll now see Google Glass on manufacturing lines where workers can figure out complex routines guided by it. Doctors are using it to get stored patient data streamed while they examine them and decide the next course of action. It's being used in outdoor situations where service engineers are guided by the stream when they have to fix equipment. Google went back to the drawing board And did a lot more listening than designing. It seems to have worked. It's being used to speed up training routines and do the show-while-telling way to train. Possibly more useful than being instructed in classrooms and figuring things out in practice later. Google Glass has had a makeover away from the limelight and changed character along the way. There are obvious business models And there are the not-so-obvious ones. Even if they are right under our noses and we actually see the problem but we don't realize that there is a problem because we are not aware of the business at all. The final post in this episode. Is there a business model in idling airplanes? We board a flight and the engines are switched on as the aircraft pulls out of the bay and taxis to the runway. Depending on the congestion this was before the pandemic, it would take about 20 to 30 minutes before the aircraft was airborne. During that time, the plane had already burned through hundreds of liters of expensive aviation fuel on the ground. A Boeing 747 guzzles one ton of fuel every 17 minutes. That's where Israel Aerospace Industries saw an opportunity. They invented a passenger jet-towing vehicle that could be remotely operated. It was called the TaxiBot and planes had to switch on their engines only five minutes before takeoff. There was another tangential problem the TaxiBot solved. The jet engines could suck in things on the ground while taxiing, leading to engine damage, solving another major problem. The taxi bot operates at New Delhi International Airport and was the first airport globally to reach over 1,000 TaxiBot movements. In the process... The estimate is that it saved airlines nearly 2.1 lakh litres of aviation fuel in the last couple of years. Multiply that by airports around the world and you have a business model built around idling airplanes. Every week, I'll plant a few ideas in your mind on branding, behavior and markets. Triggers for your thoughts. Spread the word to your friends. All you have to do is click the link and enter an email address. And I'll be glad to hear from you, your views, your thoughts, and what you think of these episodes. Thank you very much for listening.